Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Neil Hanch. Neil Hanch is the CEO and managing partner of Silicon Foundry, where he leverages over 25 years of venture capital, product management, technology operations, corporate development, and trusted advisory experience to lead the firm. Prior to joining Silicon Foundry, Neil was managing director of the Emerging Markets Technology Training Investment incubation program at the Meltwater Entrepreneurial School of Technology, where he managed a global team of 150 professionals, over 20 startup investments, and partnerships with Google, Samsung, and Vodafone. Well, good afternoon, Neil. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. This is exciting. Again, I traverse the world virtually, Neil, when I do these podcasts, uh, most of them in North America, but I've gone to 40 countries. But what's really cool is I spent a lot of time with guests like yourself in Silicon Valley, and it's been a lot of fun. And so I, again, welcome you to the show tonight, and we're just going to jump right into the questions. So, Neil, you've got quite the career in venture capital. You're an entrepreneur, board member, now the CEO of Silicon Foundry. Could you share with our audience the secret to your career growth and what inspires you? Thank you. I love the question. And, and so I'd say the secret to my career growth, and if I, I really think through it, um, it's been a fairly natural one. Um, from my, my first role, uh, which I started in, in the dark side of investment banking in the late 90s, uh, right around the first dot-com era, um, and which led me to uh, being on the other side of the table, which is the the venture investment side, backing uh, many of those companies, which as a banker became our clients that we took public, um, which also led me to wanting to get operating experience at a software company to really see that other leg of the stool, if you will, which is actually the company building firsthand and then back to venture. But just a consistent uh, theme and through line over the last 20 plus years. Um, that being said, beyond just the, the nature and the quality of the work, I'd say for career growth relationships. Yeah, when I look back and think that one role took me to the next naturally in terms of the nature of the work, but but genuinely it was the relationships built, you know, as colleagues, in some cases as co-investors, um, that you know, I, would, I would attribute to where I am today. Um, and I think, you know, as a part of that also, it's connecting the dots, which for the business that Silicon Foundry is and is at the very heart of what we do. But, you know, the relationships, connecting the dots between them to the next opportunity in terms of professionally. Um, and I would say one other piece, which is also relevant for Foundry's business, is just the globality. So for my career, while I've largely been sitting in Silicon Valley uh, for the last 20 years, um, it's that building bridges and the cross border. So not being narrowly focused on, you know, this zip code or the, those nearby, but uh, so much of the career has been, you know, the tech ecosystem, but um, it's ecosystems. And you hear some folks say that Silicon Valley is, is no longer a place. It's more of an ethos. Uh, it's more of, of um, you know, spread globally. And so my career has been here. It's been in emerging markets uh, and the, the clients, or as we call them today, members, um, they are everywhere from, you know, Latin America to the Middle East, Europe, uh, Asia. And so that's been a big part of my career. And what inspires me throughout all of that, um, for us, the kind of the intellectual stimulation uh, of working across industries and connecting dots across industries. Um, the I would say the other piece is uh, what inspires me is wherever I'm at, it's outcomes. 
Um, and so, um, you know, we talk a lot of, or I talk a lot about with my current colleagues that work that we may do that feels like research. It's all so that we set the stage, make decisions and recommendations and move to that next step, which is driving to a tangible outcome. Um, and so that's something I'm passionate about is, uh, is ultimately looking back at the end of the year and being able to point to, you know, here's the fruits of the labor, um, Last but not least, uh, which goes back to some of the career growth comments, is authentic relationships that really inspires. I mean, I think it's it was harder to probably appreciate a couple of years into the career, but a couple of decades in, recognizing just the power of authentic and genuine relationships and um, uh, and being able to to bring, to give and get value uh, uh, in a very genuine fashion uh, over time. So. Um, uh, I know I jumped around a bit, but just but I think about career growth and what inspires me you know, early on and to today, some of the common themes throughout. Thank you, Neil. I appreciate that. And, and you're absolutely right. You know, we I've talked to some people that can really get down into the weeds in the emerging technology. But at the end of the day, everybody resonates with the same thing is connecting dots, building relationships. And um, that's, that's really the key, the foundational to uh, foundational keys to success. So thank you for sharing that. And Neil, your company is a membership-based innovation advisory. It builds bridges between leading global corporations and the innovation economy. Could you share a best practice or two for launching a corporate venture arm? Absolutely. So, uh, you know, as you, as you touched upon the business of Silicon Foundry in the simplest of terms is helping build bridges between the Fortune 2000 and, you know, the best of breed emerging players, whether that's entrepreneurs or startups. Um, you know, this was born out of seeing corporations the world over increasingly looking to navigate and tap that external innovation happening. And one of the ways to, to tap it, to, to, um, uh, uh, to support it, and also to benefit from doing those activities is corporate venture arms. So about, call it a third to half of the companies that we work with, the corporations, uh, we're explicitly working with the corporate venture arms. And these are the groups that make strategic investments, uh, often in startups that they're also most likely working with commercially. Um, and you know we have conversations every week, uh, not just with with those corporations that have had long-standing established corporate venture arms, but many. And I think the number last year was two hundred plus corporates um, uh, established for the first time corporate venture activity. So even during COVID, you know this trend continued. Um, I think what you see in terms of pattern recognition and, and words of advice, if you will, for best practices in launching a corporate venture arm. Um, one is the purpose and really the definition of success. So if it doesn't exist already, why is the CEO, the board, the senior management team giving the green light, um, dedicating the resources to, to launch a corporate venture arm and being able to ensure that the definition of success. So if we fast forward ahead, you know, 12 months to 36 months, uh, what uh, will we use to, to help determine and answer the question of was this effort a success? Because um, there's a lot of different uh, reasons. Uh, there's certainly the core common ones of why to have this as a tool in your toolbox um, as a corporate and um, in the various activities you may do in and around the, the term innovation. But I think that's one. And it's really expectation setting. Um, I think the second is, you know, where will it fit in the organization? Uh, and often what that means is 
uh, and it is tied to the definition of success. But you know, wh- who will it report into? Uh, how will it go about taking action? What is it? What is it? What's required to um, pull the trigger? on a strategic investment. That's the fundamental mandate of corporate venture arms. So I think that's another, you know, if we were talking to someone, they think they want to do it. This is what we'll advise them of. You got to have alignment on some of these key questions. And the last piece um, as with anything in life is the people, right? So who's going to be leading the effort? Have they done this before? Uh, You know, venture capital is not um, rock and science, if you will, but it's definitely a trait. Uh, it's a skill set. Uh, there's nuances to it. Um, and as a corporate, you're also entering the fray with institutional VCs, you know, private VCs not attached to a corporate. So I think defining and aligning on success, um, the structure and the and where it will live within the grander scheme of the corporate. And last but not least, who's going to lead these efforts? And do they have the skill set? Um, uh, would they be would they benefit from a complement and Silicon Foundry, this is a role we play with a number of CVCs. Um, I think these would be probably three, or at least t- uh, three of the top five uh, best practices or areas to really have a clear view and vision and game plan on in launching a corporate venture arm. Thank you, Neil. I appreciate that. And I know our audience will as well. You know, we hear a lot about uh, the VC community and, and uh, you know, institutions uh, or individuals or, or, or private individuals, but um you expanding a little bit on the CVC tonight is is very helpful. So thank you. And Neil, are you leveraging any new or emerging technologies within your firm? You know, maybe not, but maybe you found a cool tool or app that you found useful you might be able to share. Yes, I I, uh, I love the question because, you know, our day job is navigating and separating the signal from the noise and really identifying the best of breed and what we think will be most impactful new and emerging technologies uh, platforms, even business model innovations. And if we reflect that back onto our business, um, you know, one thing that struck me is in many ways, our core asset for our business is our network. Um, and so, um, you know, it's our network of entrepreneurs, of VCs, of service providers, as we think about it, other nodes in the ecosystem and the technology ecosystem. So core for us is um, a category of a uh, SaaS platform category of CRM, customer relationship management. So not a new and emerging technology, although it's one of those categories, perhaps like, you know, video conferencing where it's been around for a long time, but there's endless, you know, areas and opportunities for advanced uh, advancement um, and new tech. Uh, so we use a, a, today we use a, a company called Copper, uh, which I believe the founders originally from Salesforce, right? One of the most well-known CRM providers, and so perhaps not new tech, but embedded within, um, there are a lot of features and functionalities that are constantly being uh, introduced. I think this probably intersects. Uh, so it's not a specific app, but you know this this general theme of AI. So how can AI be applied to indexing and organizing and and you know surfacing insights? across your network. Um, for our business, if I took that one step further, you know, AI and ML, uh, machine learning, um, you know, often folks will look at, at us and part of our, our core value prop is matchmaking, you know, connecting the dots that party A should be talking to party B because we know what party A is interested in, party B, we believe to be the best uh, you know, fit. And uh, we've constantly been looking for, and it's a very kind of human uh, process right now. Uh, and, um, but we've constantly been looking even for what we do 
are there you know AI based solutions that could help us sift through the tens if not hundreds of thousands of emerging companies to find those who are the best fit given the mandates of the Fortune 2000 players we look at. Um, the challenge with that, and the last comment I'll make here is, you know, AI is only as good as the, it's called the data that it has. And, and ultimately, um, much like matchmaking in, in, in real life between humans, you know, the most important data points, they don't exist in a database, right? And so it's ultimately that human eye, that human brain connecting the dots the right way. So, um, so hopefully that helps answer the question in terms of, emerging tech, but perpetually emerging tech in terms of CRM. And then, you know, what's most cool for us is are there AI applications that can impact our business, but ultimately the last mile, uh, uh, the last mile is going to be the magic, you know, the human judgment, the human touch. Uh, and that's what, um, you know, that's, that's part and parcel for our business today. Absolutely. And again, until machines truly take over the world, um, there's a debate on that, but um, we right. always need humans hand in hand with AI. So thank you for sharing, Neil. And Neil, last question. Can you share something from your career experience that might be helpful for those looking to grow their career in either venture capital or entrepreneurship? Absolutely. And, and interrelated, but but definitely different day jobs. Um, you know, having spent most of my career explicitly um, as a VC, you know, we would get this question regularly. And I think the one, you know, in terms of advice to get into the VC industry or advice to be a successful VC, um, I think unlike a lot of other industries, there is no one path to VC. You know, being an engineer or having an MBA, um, you know, there, there is no, you know, well, this is how you break into the industry. Um, I think the, the, um, the common themes, though, uh, for being a VC um, if you look at the characteristics or the traits, you know, one, I think that, you know, uh, all have, or at least all of the best performing ones have is just that fundamental intellectual curiosity. Um, and, you know, cause so often you're spanning multiple industries, sectors as the landscape changes, many VCs were pot, you know, pot themselves, uh, from one area to the next, but, but consistent is just that curiosity, that love of going deep in an area, developing a viewpoint on it that ultimately will lead you to here's what we believe is the right approach and the, the best companies that uh, that have the strategy that align with what you believe is the one that will be the winning one uh, and the teams that are the ones you know building those businesses and driving it. Um, I think you know two other uh Fundamental points that come to mind is, uh, is, you know, being a VC, growing your career, and it goes back to relationships, but, uh, but from the lens of it's a service business. So as a VC, um, you are, um, you are developing relationships with entrepreneurs on one side, as you look to hopefully back and back them, and they allow you to be along for the ride uh, by being investors in their companies. And on the other you know, uh, side of the coin, uh, relationships with limited partners who are the funding sources that provide the dollars that the VCs use to then go put uh, into uh, the companies. You're also, um, and so you're in service of those two groups. Uh, and back to relationships, co-investors, it's a business where you're not investing solo typically, but you have other investors around the table with you. And if they see you not just as a strong investor, but um, uh, one that can provide value to the companies you invest in. And last but not least, one that they want to be along for the ride with, because in the venture business, which will be my last comment here, it's long-term. 
Um, there's a, there's an old adage that, you know, to train a VC is like training a F-16 fire pilot. It takes multiple years and, you know, and potentially tens of millions of dollars because of the amount of capital that you deploy. And so, and, and you don't know if you're a good VC in most cases for years, right? The time from initial investment to liquidity to an exit uh, is not measured in months or quarters the vast majority of the time. So just having that that fortitude uh, to recognize it's it's a long-term play. Um, on the, now shifting over to, you know, entrepreneurship, um, and, you know, I'd say where, where I'm at today, this is an entrepreneurial venture. Um, and, you know, if, if there's a couple of, of common characteristics with entrepreneurship or advice is, of course, have to have the grit. Um, and, you know, as, as a father of two kids, you know, certainly uh, reading all the books of grit, you know, teaching your kids grit is probably one of the best things you can do for them. But boy, as an entrepreneur, you've got to have that grit. You've got to have that passion for what you're building and the highs are incredibly high and the lows, you know, equally uh, as much. Um, you got to be comfortable uh, with uncertainty uh, as an entrepreneur. And um, last but not least, as an entrepreneur, and I, truly this is, you know, consistent theme, got to be ready to zig and zag, you know, whether it's as a VC or as an entrepreneur, um, Knowing that you know the initial plan, the original thesis, the the the, the roadmap that you laid out, you know, the business plan if you wrote one that you had going in day one, it's going to be wrong. Uh, you don't know how it's going to be wrong, but it's definitely not going to be if you fast forward ahead the way it all played out. And so to zig and zag and read the market, what's working, what's not, um, you know, confirming the thesis that you started it with. Uh, or denying it and figuring out where it was off base and adjusting accordingly, you know, all the best entrepreneurs, all the best leaders, yeah, that is uh, absolutely a trait they've got to have. So, um, um, so that, uh, a few thoughts there uh, for those who are considering a career in venture capital or making the the leap uh, into entrepreneurship. Thank you, Neil. And definitely saw a lot of parallels there between both, but you're absolutely right. Uh, being uh, an entrepreneur myself, uh, you can certainly uh, see where, you know, that that growing up, going to the school of hard knocks, uh, you know, getting that grit, as you said, uh, will help you survive and, and move on. So thank you. And last thing, Neil, is it was a pleasure having you on today. And I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Likewise. And thank you so much for including me here. And it's a pleasure to meet and be able to share some thoughts across these questions of the last 10 minutes. Bye for now. Bye.